Hi, everybody. Uh, it's Pat from the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast, the current Deep Six Predictions champion. Obviously, this is a bit of a different intro. You're more if you're if you've listened to us before, you're used to hearing like a, a song or something before we hop in. Uh, but due in part to the fact that I've lost our uh, our Deep Six Predictions challenge for Revolution uh, for the next little bit. You'll be hearing my voice opening these shows with cover songs chosen by the rest of the group. And so that's what this is. Just wanted to hop in and let everybody know what you're about to expect, or not what to expect, but what you're going to hear in your ears. So without further ado, here's whatever song I'm singing this week. to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment would you capture it or just let it slip yo his palms are sweaty knees weak arms are heavy there's vomit on his sweater mom's spaghetti he's nervous but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs but he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down the whole crowd goes so loud he opens his mouth but the words won't come out he's choking how everybody's joking now the clocks run out time's up over wow snap back to reality oh there goes gravity oh there goes rabbit he's choked he's so mad but he won't give up that easy easy no he won't have it he knows his whole backs to these ropes it doesn't matter he's dope he knows that but he's so broke he's so stagnant he knows when he goes back to his mobile home that's when it's back to the lab again Yo, this whole rhapsody He better go cap this and hope it don't You better lose yourself in the music The moment you own it You better never let it go You only get one shot Do not miss your chance to blow This opportunity comes once in a lifetime You better lose yourself in the music The moment you own it You better never let it go You only get one shot Do not miss your chance to blow This opportunity comes once in a lifetime The soul's escaping through this whole escaping, the world is mine for the taking. Make me king as we move toward a new world order. A normal life is boring, but superstardom's close to post-mortem. It only grows harder. Homie grows hotter. He blows it all over. These hoses all on him. Coast to coast shows. He's known as the globetrotter. Lonely roads. God only knows he's grown farther from home. He's no father. He goes home and barely knows his own daughter. But hold your nose, because here goes the cold water. His hose don't want him no more he's cold product they moved on to the next schmo who flows he's nose dove and sold not a no so the soap opera is told and unfolds i suppose it's old partner but the beat goes on da da dum dum you better lose yourself in the music the moment you better own it oh shit <laughs> you only get one shot do not miss your chance to blow this opportunity comes once in a lifetime you better lose yourself in the music the moment you own it you better never let it go you only get one shot do not miss your chance to blow this opportunity comes once in a lifetime 
no more games, I'ma change what you call rage, tear this motherfucking roof off two dogs cage. I was playing in the beginning, the mood all changed, I have been shoot up and spit out booed off stage, but I kept rhyming and stepped right into the next cypher. Best believe somebody's paying the Pied Piper. All the pain inside amplified by the fact that I can't get by with my 9 to 5. And I can't provide the right type of life for my family Cause man, these goddamn food stamps But don't buy diapers And it's no movie There's no Mikey Pfeiffer? This is my life And there, uh, these times are so hard It's getting even harder Trying to feed and water my seed Plus teeter-totter Caught up between a being a father And prima donna Baby mama drama Screaming on her too much For me to want to stay in one spot Another day of monotony's gotten me To the point I'm like a snail I've got to formulate a plot Or I end up in jail or shot Success is my only motherfucking option Failure's not mom I love you but this trailer's got to go I cannot grow old in Salem's lot So here I go It's my shot feet fail on me not uh, This may be only opportunity I got You better lose yourself in the music The moment you own it You better never let it go You only get one shot Do not miss your chance to blow This opportunity comes once in a lifetime You better lose yourself in the music The moment you own it You better never let it go You only get one shot Do not miss your chance to blow This opportunity comes once in a lifetime You can do anything you set your mind to, man Oh my god. If you're still listening to this, Angelo only wanted me to do the first uh, the first verse. I committed to this. I'm not. As your Deep Six champion, you're getting a full thing. A full thing. We're going to let the outro ride here. Rob, I'm assuming when you edit this, you're just going to put the whole song in the background. So I'm talking over the beat. This is just me. Just Pat, your Deep Six champion. And I did that. You're welcome for this. And if you're enjoying this punishment, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Because it's just going to keep coming. Anyway, enjoy the podcast, whatever you're listening to today. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. We're back with another review for AEW Dynamite here every Wednesday on the podcast feed free. So if you're not subscribed, be sure to do so. 100% free, costs nothing, and barely takes any time. So just subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, It helps us out and helps us put more content out for you. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google, Overcast, Breaker. Uh, we're on a bunch of different places. All of our streaming services can be found in the episode description, as well as the links to our Twitter and Facebook and our YouTube. And if you go over to our YouTube, obviously your ears were just delighted with my cover of Eminem's Lose Yourself if you want to listen to it again. Uh, the first two covers for my AW Revolution Predictions Punishment are up loaded there on our youtube channel there is the Fortnite parody that joey made me do and lose yourself which was chosen by angelo so those are over on our youtube channel to listen to 24 7 if you need to do that uh, i haven't introduced myself for anybody who's new here my name's pat i am the deep six champion for our predictions that we do for every big pay-per-view our next one coming up is for wrestlemania in a few weeks time we will have a predictions and preview show for both nights of wrestlemania as well as reviews for both nights of WrestleMania. So stay tuned to the podcast. Those will be coming as we get closer to the event. We also might have coverage for NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Uh, We'll see how everybody's feeling about it. Um, Personally, I don't think I'll be doing it, but you never know. Uh, There's just a lot of wrestling to watch that week, so 
We'll see. But uh, every Tuesday, Ryan and Angelo cover Impact with Ryan and Angelo's Impact Power Hour. And every Wednesday, it's normally me and Joey with the AEW Dynamic Dynamite Review, which you're listening to right now. But unfortunately, Joey has work very early in the morning tomorrow. So it is just me tonight. So it is a solo show with me. And so this shouldn't be the longest episode just because when we do solo shows, we tend to keep them on the shorter side because solo shows are much harder to do because you don't have somebody to bounce ideas off. And also, uh, for listeners' sake, hearing one person talk for an extended period of time isn't always the best, and sometimes it just gets awkward. So, going to keep things short and sweet tonight. We'll be talking about the latest from AEW, which was headlined by a TNT Championship match between the champion, Darby Allen and the Dark Order's John Silver. So... We'll be talking all things Dynamite tonight, and so let's just kick things off with our opening match, Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel. This was set up on the debut episode of AEW Dark Elevation on YouTube, which is every Monday, and um, so this was our follow-up from, I believe that was, what, yeah, it was last week uh, is when this was set up, and so uh, obviously... This uh, started because of issues with Matt Seidel and Michael Nakazawa, which have been going for quite some time since Matt Seidel debuted in AEW. And this uh, turned into a thing with Kenny and Tony Khan. And so Kenny, or Tony, sorry, had the match made between Kenny and Seidel in a non-title match. And I have to say, from start to finish, this was an excellent opener. This was just a banger uh, through and through. We also had Don Callis on commentary and... (laughs) Jim Ross sounded like he was ready to just beat the shit out of Don Callis on commentary for this entire match. He anytime he got a chance to like get digs in on Callis, he was he was he just very angry, um, and so that was interesting. Um, obviously, Excalibur and Tony Schiavone also were not the biggest fans of Don Callis on commentary, as they shouldn't be in storyline. But Jim Ross just took it to another level. Anyway, uh, Kenny versus Matt Seidel, fantastic. I thought this was a great opener to the show. Um, just pretty much a breakneck speed match to open the show, which is what most of the opening matches on Dynamite are. And this was pretty excellent. Um, we had some big near falls here. Uh, <laughs> there was this genuinely one of the best near falls of the year, I think, with uh, with a uh, a roll up cover from Matt Seidel that um, that he rolled through when uh, Kenny was going for the one uh, one winged angel. And honestly, I thought Seidel was about to pull out a win and earn a title shot uh that did not happen but really good stuff there was a big poison frankensteiner from uh from Seidel, um and eventually he did fall to a v-trigger into the one-winged angel but i thought matt Seidel put on quite the performance here when him and kenny omega are very good partners in the ring um this was just a wonderful way to kick off the show uh after this we went into a backstage segment with the dark order in their lair which now has the Brody lee painting in the background which is a nice touch. Hangman Page is there with them. And Marvez is there asking if John Silver is ready for his match with Darby Allen. Uh, and he says, how ready am I? I'm this ready. And uh, <laughs> and then Stu Grayson and uh, Alex Reynolds do coffin drops uh, in the style of, like, trust falls. And, uh, <laughs> and then Alan Angels goes to do it. And Silver just slides out of the way and lets uh alan angels fall, fall to the ground as the dark order laughs poor alan um <laughs> so goofy uh the dark order all then start heading out and then page comes in and asks him if he's nervous and he says he's not nervous 
and uh and hangman says that no matter what win or loss the dark order will always love him and uh yeah really stuff uh, really good stuff john silver continues to be a highlight of dynamite the dark order continues to be a highlight of dynamite and uh and hangman page also same thing he's he's right in there with him just this whole group is just so entertaining from top to bottom like they took Alan Angels and Preston Vance, who were two random guys, and put them in <laughs> masks. And I don't think anybody cared about them or took them seriously. And now they're also as enjoyable as Uno, Grayson, Reynolds, and Silver. Like, you'll love to see it. So, Dark Order, absolutely fantastic. This is this was the start of a number of very good non-wrestling segments on this show. Uh, this led into our Hangman Page match for the night, which was him versus Caesar Bononi. Uh, this is just a squash match. Nothing to really say about this. Uh, pretty Peter Avalon was not at ringside with Caesar, so um, don't know why he wasn't there. But uh, yeah. Anyway, Page won with the Buckshot Lariat, and then he drank some beer. So uh, there you go. Uh, we got a promo from Lance Archer. Uh, again, I would say this. <laughs> I'll, I'll say two things about this. One. Thought the delivery was really good for Archer. He's somebody who we don't like. A lot of the times, Jake's the one doing the majority of the talking, but this was just Lance by himself. Um, and I thought his delivery and everything was good. My only issue with this promo was it came off as like very, very WWE style, where they were trying to work in something for him to get over in it. And the amount of times this man said "murder hawk monster" in probably under like a minute and a half, uh, ungodly. I understand his nickname. He did not need to say it that many times. Um, but besides that, I thought it was a solid promo. Lance Lance has uh, a good presence about him, and I thought the delivery was really solid. But it was basically um, all about talking about how uh, every he credits Sting for the man he's become. He says, without Sting, there would be no Lance Archer. There would be no Murderhawk monster. And uh, and the bat that Sting used to carry meant used to mean something. It used to be about justice. And now it's his time to basically take that role. And if people don't give him his due, he's going to kick the house down around them. So uh, we are moving forward with this Sting and Lance Archer program. No idea how this is going to play out, but I'm interested. Uh, they showed a recap of the Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker match from last week. And then we got a interview with Tony and Britt Baker and... Britt is still playing the heel here, and she calls the crowd disrespectful and dumb, just like Thunder Rosa, and claims that Thunder Rosa should be thanking her every day for letting her be a part of history, and she says that she's never seen more clearly than she did when the blood was flowing into her eyes last week, and if Tony Khan's looking to sign every legend out there, he doesn't need to look anymore, because he has the best one right under his nose, and, uh, yeah. Oh, and she also did... Uh, this is probably going to get over big with crowds uh, when, as we inch closer and closer to having crowds back for wrestling, like full crowds, I should say, because obviously AEW uh, does have crowds. Um, she says <laughs> that AEW, um, something in regards to the the letters of AEW and what they mean and how impactful they are in wrestling, but the, the biggest three-letter combination in wrestling right now is D-M-D, and yeah. Solid promo from Britt. Her and Tony have very good chemistry, and uh, Britt's really just grown and grown uh, with her mic skills over the last year and, like, a half. So, uh, good stuff. We uh, then went backstage and saw Christian Cage hanging out with Dante Martin of Top Flight and the Varsity Blondes, 
and uh, he's asked by Dasha what he's uh, he's up to, and he says, you know, I have tag team experience, and I was just giving them some friendly advice. And then Kazarian shows up, and he uh, he uh, he starts this thing off by being playful, you know, saying, uh, you know, it's nice that you're here, but uh, you couldn't you couldn't have time to say hi to an old friend. And then he points out the shirt. And he says he wants to know when the work part of his Outwork Everyone shirt starts. And Christian Cage says, next week. Next week is when it begins. He says Christian knows just how good Frankie is. And next week he's going to show him when they have a match. And so this is setting up Christian Cage's debut match against Frankie Kazarian, which uh, our group chat, our whole group, uh, specifically Angela and myself, we're very big fans of. Uh, Angela noted that Frankie and Christian had a series of matches in TNA that he was a big fan of, and Kazarian, for the last year or so in AEW, has had some pretty outstanding singles matches. The one that really comes to mind is a singles match with Hangman Page from, I think it was last summer? So either last summer or last fall. Um, don't remember exactly when it was, but regardless, they had a really good Dynamite match. So I'm excited for this, and I think that some people might critique this as... You know, Christian and <laughs> Christian and uh, what's your about? Frankie Kazarian are both older guys, so I don't really know if some people want to see that. But I think that the benefits of this match outweigh the negatives by a significant margin because here you have Christian debuting against Frankie Kazarian, and so Christian doesn't immediately have to beat a young talent. Uh, him and Kaz have chemistry from their time in TNA together. And, like I said, Kazarian has been putting on some bangers in his singles matches on Dynamite. So, I think that this is the right call, and I'm I'm pretty okay with this uh, being his debut match. So, we'll see how it is. It's also going to be taped, so if there's any issues, they can just edit around it. Then we got our debut, in our in-ring debut for the Pinnacle. Uh, it was Cash Wheeler, Dax Hardwood, and Sean Spears versus Dante Martin and Varsity Blondes. Tully, MJF, and Wardlow were also at ringside for this. Um, pretty solid stuff. You know what you're getting with all the people involved here. Um, Sean Spears has some new gear. I think it looks good. Still not the biggest fan of the bleached mohawk or the mohawk in general, but, you know, it doesn't seem like he's going to change that. Uh, Cash and Dax both look phenomenal as always. Varsity Blondes continue to impress me. Uh, Dante Martin didn't really do too much in this, so I don't really have anything to say about him specifically, but I like Top Flight, so... Um, but I am all for more FTR and Varsity Blondes matches. Please inject that into my veins. <laughs> um, eventually, uh, Sean Spears wins with the Death Valley Driver on Dante Martin. And, yeah, I mean, that was kind of expected when you looked at this lineup. They, I feel like they were going to pin the guy who doesn't have his tag team partner there. So uh, Then we got a promo from uh, the group afterwards. And we got a really solid stuff um, from both Wheeler... And Hardwood, uh, I always struggle to say Har Harwood, not Hardwood, but it's Dax Harwood. Um, and they note that, or Cash Wheeler notes that the Pinnacle isn't just a name, it's not just a group, it's a family, and he'll live and die for all of these men. Da uh, Dax then gets on the mic and specifically calls out Santana and Ortiz and say that this is a professional wrestling show, and if you need to know where you stand in pro wrestling, you come to AEW and you see the Pinnacle... Uh, so it does seem that we are heading towards a proud and powerful and FTR feud, which, please, <laughs> that would also be outstanding. Um, he notes that uh, they don't have an ounce of salt in their body, 
didn't really get that line, but all right. Uh, MJF then gets on the mic and says he expects. Uh, uh, MJF gets on the mic and says that he expected Chris Jericho would be back breaking the walls down by now, but all he's doing is breaking his chairs at home, and he knows Chris won't come out because he's terrified of him. And then uh, Tony Schiavone takes issue with that, and MJF obviously gets uh, gets a bit riled up. And you know, I like Tony Schiavone's uh, and MJF's dynamic. Uh, I like that Tony Schiavone isn't afraid always to give MJF his like mind. But when when it comes to the end of the day, he's gonna back down because Tony Schiavone's not a wrestler. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, uh, I thought this was a solid start for the Pinnacle. Um, they did te- MJF did end his promo by teasing something about how like they're gonna be going for all the gold. Uh, so I'm assuming he'll be going for the world title. Spears will go after the TNT, and then FTR will go after the tag. I don't really know where that leaves Wardlow. I mean, Wardlow's more of like a manager who occasionally wrestles. So, I guess we'll see. But, um, yeah. I like the Pinnacle. They have a cool theme song. A uh, cool logo. Uh, and, again, it's a solid makeup of the team. So, we'll see how this plays out. <laughs> we have a backstage promo with Taz. And <laughs> Taz is just going down and just shouting about how there's no issues between the group. And uh, noticed that Brian Cage apologized last week for me, and uh, it made everything good. And the entire time he's doing this, Brian's just, like, making f- weird faces, like, I didn't say any of this. And then he goes around the room, he says, Hobbs, are you good? He says, I'm good. Hook, how about you? He says, I'm good. He asks Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks goes, absolutely. And he goes to Cage. Cage hesitates. And, uh... I forget what Cage said. He said he did like his pose uh, with like the the neck slice, and then he said something. Um, but it was to the effect of, "Yeah, I'm fine." Uh, so it looks like we are doing this uh, like a little, not like a pure slow burn, but uh, Cage is staying in Team Taz for now. So, and we get another uh, promo. We get QT Marshall on the stage, uh, and it's time for him to explain his actions over the past couple weeks. He says, "Everybody thinks he's frustrated." And uh, and that Cody Rhodes taught him the value of doing work, and nobody inside, uh, nobody in AEW besides Tony Khan himself has done more actual work than him. Uh, he says that you know he the uh, AEW's thrown him some bones with pay per view appearances, and that he uh, was the first ever winner of a bunkhouse match in AEW. But he's stuck being Cody's friend to most people, and nobody knows about the other stuff that goes on backstage with him having to run to get Cody coffee and monotonous stuff like that. And he's not going to deny that he's Cody's friend, but he wants to get out of his shadow, and he wants to be more than that. And so he challenges Cody to an exhibition match next week, and Cody comes out on stage wearing a headset as if he was watching in the gorilla position, which, to be honest, he probably was. Uh, as well as wearing an arm, uh, his arm in a sling, which selling the uh, the effect of the arm breaker last week from Pentagon in their match. And he says he understands QT's feelings and what he's going through. And although his heart's not into it, he'll gladly give QT what he wants. And Arn Anderson will be there as the referee. And he says he's going to uh, do everything he can to stop QT from winning. But with no intimidation, he's not going to hurt him. He says that if he puts him into the crossroads, he won't hit it. And, uh, and yeah. So I'm interested to see how this match plays out. I would assume Cody's going to win. Uh, but I would assume this is where QT snaps. I have no idea what the direction is with QT. I'm going to be honest. I thought QT's promo was really solid. I will say that. Um, for somebody who we don't get to hear 
on the mic like ever on Dynamite. I thought he did a very good job with this. So shout out to QT Marshall for kind of just taking this opportunity and running with it with a really solid promo. And to be fair, I feel like the match should be good. They're pretty close friends. They work together at the Nightmare Factory, um, and they've wrestled together as a tag team before. So we shall see how this plays out. But uh, yeah, I'm interested in what they're exactly going to do here uh, with QT moving forward. After this, we have a, uh, a pre-tape promo from Laredo Kid, the Lucha Brothers, and Alex Aberhantes. Um, I have to say, big fan of Penta's pairing with Alex. I think that that's going to do wonders for him. Um, and yeah. Anyway, they basically say that uh, they're going to win the tag titles from the Bucks, and that's that. This sets up our match, which is Brandon Cutler and the Young Bucks versus Laredo Kid, Lucha Brothers. Uh, sorry, Laredo Kid and the Lucha Brothers. There's not another person in the match. Uh, commentary notes that Phoenix and Nick Jackson had one of the best matches in Dynamite history, specifically Jim Ross noting this, uh, and yeah, that's probably fair. These guys tore the house down when they faced off in a singles match back in November of 2019. Um, you knew what you were getting with this one. <laughs> this was going to be fast-paced, crazy shit the entire time. Uh, and there was an odd man out here, obviously, and it would be Brandon Cutler. <laughs> um... And I do want to say, Brandon Cutler did hold his own here. Uh, he was here to take the pin. I think everybody knew that. But for somebody who we don't see wrestle that often, especially on Dynamite, like he's on Dark, but for somebody who doesn't wrestle that often um, on Dynamite, I thought he, again, for what he got to do here, he looked good. Obviously, he didn't look like he was on like the elite level of like the Bucks and Lucha Brothers, but I thought he fit in nicely here as the Young Bucks like goofy friend. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this was just, there was just people flying everywhere. Uh, and eventually Laredo Kid, uh, did pick up the win with a Spanish fly off the top rope to Cutler. Um, which again, as expected, Cutler was taking the pin. Um, the big thing though coming out of this is that after the match, Kenny Omega comes down and takes out Laredo Kid with a microphone and he slams the AW title on him. And then he takes the mic from Don Callis and says he's having vivid flashbacks to Fighter Fest, the first one back in 2019, and he asked the Bucks what's happened. Three years ago, they all had a choice, a 12-year friendship. Uh, he would have liked to call it a family. And what did he choose? Did he stay at home with the people that loved him? Did he stay for the fans? Did he stay for the people that he loved? Uh, did he go to greener pastures in New York? No. He, uh, he never chose AEW either. He chose the Young Bucks. He chose their friendship and the vision that they created together. And he notes that he chose them, but then the Bucks, they could have chosen him. But instead, they chose not to sit at the, the cool kids table or choose the jock. They chose the loser in Brandon Cutler. And sure, Don Callis can come off a little abrasive, but he's going to give the Bucks one more chance to throw up the two-sweet. And so Kenny tosses it up giving them one last chance to save their friendship, and they walk away. Kenny then says that they're done, and then the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid go out and, uh, go after the attack. They hit the double stomp package pile driver on Omega, and uh, then the Good Brothers nonchalantly come out a little too late for my liking. Um, interested if that's ever going to get uh, talked about, about why they didn't come out for any of this. Um, and the best part of this is Omega, who has, like, some blood coming out of his, uh, from his lip, just gives, like, a, a thumbs up to the camera, um, which, uh, to me, I don't think it was, like, a direct riff on it, but, like, uh, <laughs> I forget what show it was with Undertaker, where Undertaker, like, went down with, like, 
what people thought was like a serious injury and then he like tossed the thumbs up to the crowd this felt like a very like sarcastic version of that like a sarcastic heel way to do this uh, i thought kenny was very funny at the end um i really like this promo as well again i thought that the show absolutely knocked it out of the park with the non-wrestling stuff tonight um i think that them tying like having kenny be this way his reasons like like it's not that i agree with kenny like it's not kenny did nothing wrong but like his like argument of like i could have stayed in new japan and been like the top guy forever uh, the fans loved me there. I was the most over guy in the company. I had Ibushi there who I loved. Um, and I loved it there too. But, and then he mentions like, obviously greener pastures in New York is reference to WWE saying that I could have gone there and just, uh, just finished off my career making a shit ton of money and doing absolutely nothing. Um, but he didn't, he chose the young bucks and their friendship and, I thought it was a really solid promo. It made Kenny come off a little more sympathetic here, where it feels like he was making a big decision and was trying to genuinely like be friends with them, but uh, he still obviously is the heel and he he's the bad guy, uh, which is fine. But I like this. I thought it was a very solid promo um, and a good segment. And with the Lucha Brothers attacking Omega, I'm just hoping that we one day get to see Penta versus um, Penta versus Kenny for the AEW title. That would be wonderful. After this, we get a, a Jade promo uh, pre-tape thing where it's talking about her and Red Velvet's feud. And uh, she refers to herself as that bitch. Solid stuff. Jade's promo delivery consistently just gets better uh, every time that she gets a chance. So I'm, I'm good with that. Again, she started off being pretty weak sauce in the mic department, but she's, she's significantly improved uh, since she debuted. So we like to see it. <sighs> we we hit the announcement of what what is this i think it's called roads to the top uh brandy and cody are getting a reality show very similar to total divas total bellas and Ms. and mrs Ms. and mrs most likely is like the one that i would compare it to the most uh so if you're into reality shows then there you go you got another wrestling reality show with a wrestling couple um i'm sure everybody <laughs> has different opinions on it i don't mind it i'm not gonna watch it and reality shows are popular so i don't see an issue with it uh we get a promo from kingston and moxley uh kingston is now selling that his leg is broken um and uh this was something about last week i think i missed it but uh it was during the attack that the good brothers had um on kingston so uh, apparently his leg's broken. I'm assuming this is story. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, he says where him and Moxley come from, you can uh, you take one out, uh, you take out, you take one out, and one of yours gets put in the morgue. Uh, referring to if you take out uh, like one of your friends, then the uh, somebody else is going in the morgue. Apparently they're, they're threatening murder at this point. <laughs> um, then we have Kingston trying to stand up, but he can't, and so Moxley takes over. And says that there's war on the streets of Jacksonville and the Young Bucks. He doesn't know them and he doesn't like them. He doesn't play games, but they do owe uh, them one after last week. He doesn't like owing people stuff and he doesn't want to be a part of this Bullet Club melodrama. But they're playing with live rounds and they better be willing to get their hands dirty. Uh, I I like this. I don't think it was as good as their uh, like very unscripted promo from last week. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, and I thought Kingston's delivery last week with the, the Tupac quote was uh, was better but 
still solid. Uh, Kingston and Moxley are two of the most entertaining talkers in wrestling. So, uh, yeah. We got Nyla Rose versus Ty Conti uh, in a rematch from the AW Women's Championship Eliminator Tournament. Match was fine in terms of... I don't think this was as good as their Eliminator Tournament match. And in terms of recent matches in the women's division for Dynamite, I think this is uh, on the lower end of things. Um, But Ty did uh, get the big win here. She hit a roundhouse kick at the end of running knee into the corner. uh, And then she hit the DD Ty, which I'll always struggle to say. But uh, I was shocked by this, that Ty won. Also, I didn't know she was number two in the women's division. Red Velvet's number one, so she's number two. Um... But obviously, Red Velvet's tied up with Jade currently. Uh, after the match, Nyla goes for the Beast Bomb again on uh, Ty, but then Sheeta runs out with a kendo stick and slams her in the back. Uh, she beats down Nyla, and then the bunny comes down, uh, and she uh, takes down Sheeta and Ty, and then Matt Hardy comes out with the Butcher and the Blade, and he says that the Women's Eliminator Tournament was a sham because the bunny wasn't in it. And his talent in the Hardy family office are not going to be overlooked anymore. So that is the official name for the, the, the Matt Hardy stable is the Hardy family office, which is Matt Hardy, the Butcher, the Blade, the Money, and Private Party. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this name. We'll see. Uh, but the group I like. I like the makeup of the group. <laughs> not so much the name. So we'll, we'll see on that one. But I am excited for this. I think uh, I'm excited to see Allie back in the women's division. She took some time off, um, and so I'm happy she's back. Uh, I'm glad that they're using Ty uh, in this capacity. Obviously, she <laughs> she was a uh, signing that they got last summer, and she did absolutely nothing in NXT uh, when she was there. And she's come into AEW, and I feel like she's proven everybody like that she wants to wrestle. Um, she's put in the work. She's gotten significantly better in a very short amount of time. And yeah, so I'm cool with, uh, and obviously Anna's injured, so her team with Anna J is kind of on the shelf right now, so I'm cool with her being paired up with Sheeta for a bit and eventually challenging for the title. Um, So yeah, cool stuff. Uh, We got a video package recapping stuff with Best Friends Miro and Kip Sabian, and we officially get the announcement that next week's, or their match, which is next week, is the Arcade Anarchy match, which I think... The, the vision, like, the name, again, me and Joey have been very vocal. We're not the biggest fans of this feud. Um, but I think the name of the match is really solid. And I also like the visuals that they had with, um, like, the, the match graphics. So, cool. Uh, we also got a Scorpio Sky promo with him uh, talking up his match with Mike Seidel on Dark Elevation next week. And, yeah, I thought that, uh, I thought that this show actually did a pretty good job of hyping up Dark Elevation as, like, the... Uh, a more important show than dark because we also forgot to mention it but during the kazarian and christian stuff kazarian uh mentioned that he has a dark uh, match on dark elevation next monday and he wants christian to come watch it so between the scorpio sky thing and uh christian potentially appearing on dark elevation it seems like they're trying to promote this as like a more important show than uh than dark so it is i am glad that they're actively promoting it with angles and stuff so that's cool in our main event, we have Darby Allen versus John Silver for the TNT Championship. This was fantastic. Um, this was everything I feel like I wanted from this match, and then some. Um, I absolutely adore John Silver as a character, but he can back it up with his wrestling. He is so good, and it just feels great to see Darby Allen having another TNT Championship defense. Um, and I'm hoping that this becomes a more regular thing. 
Um, I thought him and Silver had excellent chemistry here. Uh, two guys similar sizes but different styles. Um, Darby's more just like just gonna do crazy shit, and Silver actually has like more of a. He also has some like big crazy moves, but he has more power stuff where he has like for a small guy he does a lot of like suplexes and slams and stuff um but i thought they complemented each other very well here uh silver just brought all the intensity you could want uh dark order was at ringside as was the hardy family office um and commentary kept teasing the appearance of sting saying that sting said that he would be here if darby needed him and so obviously i think everybody knew sting was showing up at some point um but yeah this was just (laughs) this was a very very good uh, TV main event for the TNT title. Uh, this feels, again, just very happy that we're getting TNT championship matches again because it feels like it's been forever. Um, eventually, uh, Dark Order um, and the Hardy family office are uh, kind of involved at ringside and Sting comes out to make sure nothing happens and Sting constantly is like trying to push back the Dark Order anytime they get a little too close to Darby. And... Uh, uh darby eventually hits a big coffin drop off the uh top turnbuckle to the floor taking out all of dark order um and then he gets back in silver lays him out and we get one of the craziest things i've seen we have uh (laughs) silver on the top rope has uh (laughs) has Darby Allen in like a uh, like the burning hammer position and then it's the the avalanche argentine power bomb um, which looked absolutely nuts, um, pins him, but they land too close to the ropes, and Darby's foot falls on the ropes as he's covering him for a near fall, and, uh, Silver tries to get this done quickly, goes to the center of the ring, and he does the, uh, the little Brody taunt for the power bomb, where he, um, I guess, like, kisses his fingers, and then puts his hands out, uh, goes for the power bomb, and Darby rolls through with a code red, and pins John Silver to retain the TNT Championship. Fantastic main event. This was, again, very, very good stuff. Um, Darby, if he had more title defenses, would be a fantastic TNT champion. So I'm hoping for the next like couple weeks or months they give him a bunch of these. Um, I, I would just like to see more Darby singles matches where he's defending the title. And John Silver, I'm very happy we got to see John Silver main event a Dynamite show in a singles match. You'll, you'll love to see it. Uh, after the match, Matt Hardy and the Hardy family office uh, get into this crazy brawl at the end of the show. Matt uh, attacks Darby Allen first, um, and then everybody starts hopping the fence, or the, the railing, I guess. Uh, Ty Conti sprints out from the back. That girl <laughs> was going so fast and takes down Allie. Uh, Darby hits a big suicide dive on the mat on the outside, and as Joey said to, uh, to Joey texted us saying, did Darby Allen kiss Matt Hardy on the lips on the suicide dive? Uh, we rewound it, and I didn't see him kiss him. Ryan said it could have been a kiss on the cheek, but regardless, uh, very chaotic ending to the show after a, a really, really great main event. I would give this Dynamite a thumbs up. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um... It was, there again, I really think that the non-wrestling segments on this show were, from top to bottom, really, really good. We had just a number of really good promos from a host of different people. So, uh, yeah, I was perfectly, perfectly okay with that all. Um, and so, yeah, next week, obviously, we have 
the uh, arcade anarchy um, between Chuck, uh, Orange Cassidy, and Miro and Kip. Um, I honestly, we got Christian versus uh, Christian versus Kazarian. Um, I'm trying to think what else there is. Um, oh, and uh, Sheeta and Ty Conti versus Nyla and Allie, I believe, is happening next week. Uh, yes. Oh, and uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. And obviously QT versus uh, Cody, which we talked about before. So a solid-looking lineup for next week. Uh, it's a tape show of Dynamite, so spoilers will probably come out at some point. But that's what Dynamite's looking like next week. Um, as for everything else, I think that's all I have to say. Pretty sure that brings us to the end of this podcast. So if you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe for more. We just did a whole coverage of the New Japan Cup. So if you're a New Japan fan, you can go check out our reviews for every single one of those shows. Um, we have AW every Wednesday with me and Joey. I'm sure he'll be back next week. Every Tuesday, Ryan and Angela's Impact Power Hour. And we're coming up to WrestleMania week. So we'll have our, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, We'll have our WrestleMania coverage with a preview and prediction show, as well as reviews for both nights. So, thank you for listening. We uh, we appreciate it, and we'll talk to you guys next time whenever our next show drops. So, thank you. Goodbye. Good night. Have a good rest of your week. Oh, also, just jumping in for one post-recording note as I'm editing this podcast. I forgot to go over Boomer of the Week. Uh, Ryan and Angelo have given it to Johnny Swinger for claiming that he is a 26-year-old male during his Swingers Palace commercial on Impact this week. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure next time you hear from Ryan on Tuesday, he will go over our standings for Boomer of the Week, but Johnny Swinger is now on the list.